Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers, joined by Solomon Ashams, by Adrian Barnard and by our team in Rio de Janeiro at the Olympic Games. Well, Nigeria's dream of Olympic men's football gold ends, but they can still get bronze. We analyse the team's performance. Also, we visit the Boulevard Olimpico, an area in downtown Rio that's been regenerated for the Olympic Games. It used to be a dangerous area, but has now become a popular place to follow the Olympics. It's like a big, a, a big party. Everybody enjoy, you know, everybody's happy. And yeah, I think Brazilians can do it very well. And we talk English Premier League as the Gambia's Modu Barrow puts up a great performance in Swansea's opening game of the season. And there was a big money move for DR Congo's Yannick Bolassi. At Everton, I think he'll have a good time there. They've invested in new players this season. A new club will offer him new opportunities. A good move for Bolassi. So it's another packed show today and we start at the Rio Olympics where Nigeria will not repeat their men's football gold of 1996 as they lost 2-0 to Germany in the semi-finals. Conceding early, missing opportunities in the closing stages and then getting caught out on the break and conceding a second goal late on. Germany play Brazil in the final on Saturday while Nigeria play Honduras in the bronze medal match on the same day. So, Solomon, your reaction to the game? The game between Nigeria and Germany in that semi-final for me, Steve, uh, was a game that was a bit scrappy, uh, unpredictable. There, there was uh, opportunities for both sides to uh, wrap up the game. But I thought Nigeria uh, played with a, a bit of flair, uh, created a few opportunities through Sadiq Umar, uh, John Mikhail Obi, the captain of the site, uh, playing up front unusually for him unlike we've seen him playing for Chelsea, but he was always up front there and creating opportunities. And then there's Ezekiel Emo also, and, and also there's Umar uh, playing so well. And uh, they created quite a, a, a lot of chances, and I felt some of their passes just in the middle of the pack was uh, not done correctly, where you, you, you pass to create you know that last opportunity for you to see what you can make out of, out of it, but it never really got to that level. And, and Germany put pressure on Nigeria and the goalkeeper for Nigeria Daniel had to come you know a lot of times to to save Nigeria and I thought Germany was a more balanced site I think they, they showed a lot of discipline they knew where to put the ball and they know how to put the ball no flair with them and and they they're there to really make sure that they they win the game and they played to the very end Nigeria couldn't get the, those balls uh, you know around the wings and, and had to go through the middle but at the same time it was uh, just disappointing that Nigeria you know couldn't get to the, to the final the last time they played in the final gold medal final was uh, in 2008 in Beijing and they won silver but now they have to settle for uh, for a chance to see what they can get maybe a, a bronze medal well hopefully they will but uh, was this good enough from Nigeria considering their reputation and their pedigree for me if you look at the team in itself you would really feel that they would uh, 
you know, play better than they did. Uh, Nigeria sort of, you know, showed a lot of indiscipline. Sometimes I felt the players were a bit more individualistic. Uh, the, the whole cohesion of the team was missing. And it, it is really sad because uh, Nigeria showed quite a lot of promises, but that's definitely not good enough. Okay, so maybe not a vintage group of Nigeria players there, but uh, Solomon, how much did they miss Watford striker Odion Igalo? They wanted him as an overage player in the squad. And also young striker Kelechi Iannaccio, the Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola, refusing to release him. Would they have made the difference? I think they would both had made a difference because both of them are good finishers, you know, and great strikers. Uh, Nigeria played with Sadiq Umar from AS Roma, you know, as as a striker most of the times. He's a 19-year-old, you know, still young and growing up. And this is his first major tournament for Nigeria. So there's a lot of inexperience there. But if you look at players like Igalo, who plays with a lot of strength, he would have really added a lot of value to the Nigerian team. And also for Ihinacho from Manchester City, you know he's a he's a finisher he's a, a a player once he's in the box and you give him have a chance he he converts that that would have really gone a long way in really helping the Nigerian team to not just concede the goals but but to score goals and and the Nigerian team has been conceding goals you know quite a while they've conceded quite a lot of goals you know in the course of this tournament I think about nine goals or so already and and I thought they were gonna really seal that up and and be able to make sure that they they do what is right Uh, but unfortunately they couldn't so now they have to wait on and see you know how they fare against Honduras who is a surprise team of the tournament for me uh, losing to Brazil in that semi-final goes with the, the so many goals that they they lost, uh, you know, two goals from Neymar. But, but they've showed that they're able to to do well in the last Olympic Games in uh, London. They got all the way to the quarterfinal. Now they made it to the semi-final and they have to play for the bronze medal position with Nigeria. And it's going to be great to see uh, these two teams uh, playing. But and I feel Nigeria, after watching Honduras, I feel Nigeria has an upper hand. Uh, you know, all the players are playing are together. No a red card, no one missing or suspension or injury. Uh, but for Honduras, there's quite a bit of a yellow card. So some of their key players might, might miss it. But it would be good to have Nigeria winning that bronze medal. It would be great for the Nigerian team and also great for uh, African football. Well, thanks, Solomon. And a bronze for Nigeria would certainly be some consolation. And on Facebook and WhatsApp this week, we're asking for your reaction to Nigeria's performance at the Olympics in the men's football tournament. Uh, Give us your thoughts after the game against Honduras on Saturday. Have Nigeria performed well enough? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. So the Olympic Games end in the early hours of Monday morning and we have a team there in Rio following the action and giving us an idea of what it's like being there at the Olympics. Here's Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss. been searching for a bit of Olympic atmosphere so we've come down to the Boulevard Olimpico down in the port area of central Rio where they've got a live site, Olympic site they're showing the games live on a big screen 
There's loads of things going on. There's music, samba you might be able to hear in the background and loads of locals walking along the, the boulevard here by the port. This is one of the areas which has been modified. Andy, describe the atmosphere and what's going on here. I can safely say, Tom, this is probably the first time we've come to a place where everyone is in that Olympic spirit from all over the world and we were trying to search for that uh, Copacabana Atmos we got at the fan sites during the World Cup. We hadn't quite found it yet, but we found it here today down in uh, the port area of central Rio. There are people here from all different countries to sample what kind of Rio is about. You've got kind of big screens, dances, art. You've got the new tram network that's come through here. There's people just exploring and it's nice and lively. It's great to be down here and we finally found a bit of real Olympic Atmos. And we actually came down to this port area during the World Cup in 2014 and it was a very different experience. We were told actually not really to hang around this area, not to come at night time especially because we were told this is where thieves hang out and we were told to be careful but this area has been completely modified and, and it looks great doesn't it? Yeah it's been completely rejuvenated and when we came down here during the World Cup it was really quiet, basically empty but there, there wasn't the concentration, the focus as it has now. Everything was down on Copacabana for the World Cup. So it's great now they've drawn attention to a different part of Rio, a different side of Rio, and there are thousands of people here. We've just had a little walk down the Boulevard Olimpico. The sun is setting, so it's a real picturesque moment here along the port side. And we've just reached the mural Etnias, which is the Ethnicities mural, which is Rio de Janeiro's latest attraction, and about to enter the Guinness Book of Records as the world's biggest graffiti mural. It was made by graffiti artist Eduardo Cobra, and Andy, just describe what we're seeing in front of us now. It's an absolutely amazing bit of artwork here. Um, anyway, it's typical Rio. What you see in front of you is loads of different faces, um, and made up of, though, uh, like a patchwork of different colours. It stretches probably about 100 metres, maybe a bit more absolutely amazing I'm just going to try and speak to some Brazilians here to find out what this area was like before the Olympics and what they think of the changes a, ter a terrible place terrible place and dangerous um, so now um, beautiful place wonderful place and is this because of the Olympics yes it's begun because of the Olympics but we expect that it continues uh, after Olympics after what, what do you think of the atmosphere the atmosphere is it's great. It's, 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 it's good vibes. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it was so strange and now it's a beautiful place to stay here and uh, enjoy so much. I think this is the best of the rivers here. Uh, I think that it, it was one of the, of the best things here is in, that the Olympics bring to here. I think so. I think it's, it's a, a place for other people, people of other countries and people of all the parts of Brazil, I think it's a very good place. It's like a big, a, a big party. Everybody enjoy, you know. Everybody's happy, and yeah, I think Brazilians can do it very well. So as we've heard from a few Brazilians there, this area of Rio was a bit of a dangerous place, a place where people wouldn't normally go to, and it's completely changed into a place which is vibrant, full of life, and people are now coming to it. And Andy, that's what we're seeing here tonight, isn't it? We we've talked a lot about what legacy will these games leave what will be left in Rio after these games and this will stay and it's great to see that a part of Rio which as we saw a couple of years ago wasn't in great shape 
has now been turned into something that the city can be really proud of, and that's fantastic. Right, and I think it's time we had a dance. Exactly, Tom. Time to boogie. Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss enjoying the samba music in Rio de Janeiro. So a lot of Brazilians were against the city hosting the Olympic Games, saying it's a waste of money, but there will be some long-term benefits there at the Boulevard Olimpico. Well, Tom Ellis joins me now. Uh, Tom, we were together at the 2014 World Cup in Rio, along with Solomon. Also, we all went to the 2012 Olympics in London. Uh, Now, your thoughts here, Tom. Uh, Firstly, how would you compare the atmosphere at the Rio Olympics now with the 2014 World Cup? Yeah, hi Steve. It's it's a very different atmosphere actually here uh, to what we experienced during the 2014 World Cup where we saw huge groups of fans from different countries gathering, especially around Copacabana Beach, dancing in the streets, chanting. Uh, We've not seen as much of that here and that's probably because the games are a bit more spread out. You've got lots of different venues spread across the city uh, so it's not concentrated really. There's not one obvious area where fans could congregate. That said, we've seen lots of people from different countries uh, mingling it's much more of a family feel uh, so we've seen them kind of walking along by the venues by the live sites uh, but yeah a lot more of a family feel to the atmosphere here well i've noticed uh, watching on tv that the stadiums have not been full most of the time uh, but at the 2012 london olympics almost every event was totally sold out uh, so why the difference Yeah, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of coverage about the empty seats and the lack of ticket sales. And I think this is down to a number of reasons, really. In the build-up to the Games, we've seen a lot in the media about the economy, the state of the economy in Brazil, and the political problems, and then also reports about security, uh, Zika. So lots of warning signs, which may have put people off, may have put people off buying tickets and coming over. Uh, But also there's people not necessarily able to afford the ticket prices. We've spoken to people who have just said they've got to work, they're busy working. Um, It takes a long time to get around Rio, so they're just literally not able to go to any of the events. And some who don't want to pay the prices. So I think there's a number of reasons why we're seeing some empty seats. The other thing worth mentioning is that early on in the day, as the events begin, it sometimes takes a while for people to to fill in be it because of either security checks or just people being late because it it does take quite a long time to to get around traffic's often quite bad in the city and, and obviously some people would just just like to be fashionably late and uh, brazil is a football mad nation uh, so for brazilians how much focus has there been on the football compared to the many other sports uh, being played there Brazilians are passionate about their football. We know that. They're football mad. Uh, It's been great, actually, just to see uh, Brazilians in in lots of different kind of events showing that same passion for whoever's representing them in whatever sport it may be, be boxing or beach volleyball, which they're also very passionate about. And they're a passionate people, I guess, so, so that does come to the forefront during these events. But, yeah, football is probably the first love, I'm sure they'd say. But it's not been a great time for the football team, for the men's team particularly. So maybe this is an opportunity to, to focus on some of those other sports that are going on. But, Tom, how much would it mean uh, for Brazil to win the men's football gold medal? Uh, the women went out at the semi-final stage, but Brazil's men will take on Germany in the final on Saturday night. They've never won Olympic men's football gold before. I'll just mention the women's football team first because um, we went to watch them play and it was incredible. They're a brilliant team led by Captain Martha, who's a real hero here in Brazil. And the 
country was really behind the Brazilian team. Unfortunately, they got knocked out in the semi-finals in penalties against Sweden, who are also a, a brilliant team. So it's it's a shame they're not going to be at the final and they're not going to win the win the gold medal. Uh, as for the men's team, the feeling towards the men's team has been a bit more negative after what we saw, obviously, in the 2014 World Cup here, and also a slow start. So Brazilians have been more positive, probably, about the women's team because they've been the ones performing well. Uh, but the men's team have been slowly recovering, slowly getting into this, into this tournament here at the Olympics and, and they've got a really good chance and I'm sure if they win um, then the, the Brazilians will go mad and I think it would be a real pivotal moment. At a time when support is waning a bit for the men's football team, uh, this would be a great moment for, for that to change and for the, for the Brazilians to win on home turf at the Maracanã Stadium. Yeah, you just get the feeling that uh, football gold for Brazil's men's team would mean so much uh, to the people of Brazil and also be a big booster for the sport, especially if they can uh, get some sort of revenge on Germany, having lost in the semi-finals 7-1 at the 2014 World Cup. So they play in the final late on Saturday, Brazil against Germany. Well, thanks so much to Tom Ellis in Rio de Janeiro. You can get to much more from the Olympics from Tom and the rest of the team there on Twitter, the handle at Planet Sport FA, also on the Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. There are photos, videos, blogs and news from the Olympics in Rio at Planet Sport FA on Twitter and Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, English Premier League analysis as the Gambia's Modu Barrow played well on the opening day of the season. Now, you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download it, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you get the app, you can listen to the show anytime and also access past programmes too in our archive. Also, you can listen to the show on our website. That's planetsportfootballafrica.com. And now we turn to WhatsApp and Facebook. And last week on the show, we asked, will Ghana's Andre Ayew be a success at West Ham? Ayew was one of the biggest transfers involving an African player in the off-season, moving from Swansea to West Ham for around $26 million, unfortunately getting an injury in the first half on his debut that could keep him out for up to four months. Well, Samba Anas in the Gambia says it's a great move for Ayew. He has the quality to be a great footballer. I hope he will go one step ahead of where he stopped last season and I wish him all the best. Donald in Cameroon says, I personally would have preferred my team Chelsea to have signed Ayu because he's such a hard-working player. So I think he will be a success at West Ham, says Donald. Modu Jadama in the Gambia agrees. He says, for sure, Ayu is a fantastic player. He'll be a perfect signing for West Ham. Ayu can fit into any club in the world. He has all the qualities to do it at even bigger clubs than West Ham even. And let's watch him for this season. Karamba Dabo says, I'm 100% sure that with his talent, he'll be a success at West Ham. I wish him all the best. Go, go, Ayu, says Karamba. Khalifa Sanyang is in China. He says, I think Ayu is going to be a huge success. He's already proven himself at Swansea, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in West Ham colours. Alaji Kamara in the Gambia says, with his skill, pace and eye for goal, I have little doubt that Andre Ayu will be a big plus for West Ham. I only hope that coach Slaven Bilic puts forward a system that will suit his style of football. 
From Malawi, Albert Kadzombe says Andre Ayew will be great at West Ham because he is a fighter and Bilic will make him a star. No doubt about that. Abdullahi Balde got in touch from the Gambia for the first time. Great to hear from you, Abdullahi. He says Andre Ayew will be a success at West Ham because he is a very talented player. Rex Rosai Kabgo from Sierra Leone agrees, but with one condition. Ayew will be a success, I'm sure, says Rex, but only if he's given playing time. By Matar Sanyang from the Gambia says Ayu can indeed do well because he already has Premier League experience. And he also says that at West Ham, Ayu will be meeting with the Algerian Sofiane Feguli, who can also serve as a motivation to him. And yes, I agree with you there, by Matar, because Feguli was a free transfer from Valencia in June. He'll be a great addition too to the Hammers squad. And finally, by Matar says, I'm hoping to see our Gambian Modu Barrow have more playing time at Swansea City. And Barrow had a great game last Saturday, helping the Swans to a 1-0 win at newly promoted Burnley. More on that shortly. From Sierra Leone, James Olatunge Roberts says, I do believe that Ayu will do something great at West Ham this season, if only he gets the support of other players. Alassana Drame picks up on Ayu's goal-scoring ability. He says, I believe he'll be a big success with his skills and the space that he creates. Ebrima Amber Barrow is in Palermo in Italy. He says Ayu has four special attributes. I believe he'll be a truly great player because he has got experience, skills, power and pace. And he's always determined to go for a win. Musa Kamara in the Gambia thinks Ayu should have signed for another team. I think he'll be a success by the look of him, says Musa. But I hoped he would have signed for my team, Manchester United. So almost everyone who got in touch uh, thinks Ayu will be a great success at West Ham, but Alimami Fofana in the Gambia isn't so sure. He says everything depends on hard work. If he wants to succeed at West Ham, he'll have to improve. And finally, on a different note, Efrathar Kamanga in Malawi says, Can Arsenal do anything this season after their wasteful start? That's a very good question, Ephrathah, and who knows the answer because, as we've said before, this must be a very frustrating time to be an Arsenal supporter with that 4-3 loss to Liverpool on the opening weekend. And we've got a word on the Gunners coming up. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. And uh, this week, we're asking for your reaction to Nigeria's performance at the Olympics in the men's football tournament. They play Honduras in the bronze medal match on Saturday. So after that game, to give us your reaction, send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. What do you think of Nigeria's performance at the Olympics? Well, now let's talk more on the English Premier League. Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard joins me from the UK. Let's start with Andre Ayew, Adrian, picking up an injury on his West Ham debut, which could keep him out of action for up to four months. Well, Steve, one game down and 37 to go in the Premier League, and so it's probably best to assess players and teams after all 38 games rather than just the one. But for Ayu, things can only get better. He had a very disappointing debut as he limped off with a thigh injury after just 33 minutes during West Ham's 2-1 defeat at Stamford Bridge. Interesting, though, that West Ham boss Slavan Bilic initially played Andy Carroll up front with Ayu on the right. 
Now, that was a role occupied by Modu Barrow when the two played together at Swansea last season. So it will be interesting to see which of those positions suits Ayu best when he's back and recovered from his injury. As for Chelsea, one result doesn't make up for last season, but a win is a win. A new coach, Antonio Conte, was clearly delighted. The signs are good, with Aidan Hazard looking sharp again, and new signing N'Golo Kante from Leicester immediately slotting in and winning over the Chelsea fans with his hard tackling and distribution. So Steve, it's too early to make any comments on Andre Ayew at West Ham, but for Chelsea, the signs are there for a much better season over the coming months. Well, Chelsea fans will love to hear that. And a bright start for Senegal's Sadio Mane scoring on his Liverpool debut in that 4-3 win over Arsenal. Well, yes, it was, Steve, and it was a performance to get the Liverpool fans excited. He fitted in well with his new teammates and looked as if he'd been part of the team there for years. And his goal after a surging run and stunning finish will inevitably bring comparisons with Liverpool's former captain and England midfielder Steven Gerrard. Well, it's probably too early for him to assume that particular mantle, but his attitude and performance on Sunday will have pleased the Liverpool faithful and given them hope that this, after all, may be their season. But what a contrast for the Arsenal fans. Now, as we said last week, Steve, it must be very frustrating at this time to be an Arsenal supporter. The Gunners proved against Liverpool that they can score, but they've got key defenders out at the moment with long-term injuries and also recovering after the Euros this summer. So surely Arsene Wenger must dig deep now and buy at least one, I reckon probably two, proven defenders to shore up what Liverpool proved to be a very brittle defence. Well, issues at Arsenal then. And are fans in the Gambia, Adrian, will be excited about Modu Barrow's great performance in their opening game of the season. Uh, what role do you see uh, Barrow playing this season? It was nice to see Modo Barrow tweeting his best wishes to Andre Ayew on his former teammate's move to West Ham at the weekend. Now, last season, if you remember, the 23-year-old Gambian wasn't a regular starter in Swansea's team, but it does look as if things may be changing. It was evident in Swansea's game against Burnley on Saturday that the Swansea coach Francesco Guidolin wants to use Barrow's explosive pace to tear defences apart. Now, it says something about Barrow's influence in the game that many watching gave him the Man of the Match award, despite the fact he was substituted midway through the second half. But that was because he'd almost run himself into the ground. There are signs that Barrow can forge an effective partnership with the new summer signing, the former Spanish international Fernando Lorente. Now, if he does, it could be a very good season indeed for Modo Barrow. Well, let's hope so. And there was a big money move for DR Congo's Yannick Balassi. After four seasons with Crystal Palace, he joins Everton on a five-year deal for around $32 million. So what do you make of this? Strange one, this. Palace fans would be a bit disappointed to see him go, but he was a frustrating player at times for the Selhurst Park outfit. He played 143 times for Palace and scored 13 goals, but many of the fans felt he should really have scored more goals given the positions and scoring chances he got himself into. At Everton, I think he'll have a good time there. They've invested in new players this season. A new club will offer him new opportunities. A good move for Balassi. Palace need to find a new striker to replace him. But with £25 million in the bank, they've got plenty of money to use that investment wisely. But a good move for Yannick Balassi going to Everton, no doubt about that. And £25 million is about $32 million. 
Well, that is a lot of money. Thanks a lot to Adrian Barnard in the UK. Also, big news that Algeria midfielder Riyad Mahrez has signed a four-year deal to remain with champions Leicester City. There was much speculation that Mahrez would have been leaving the club, but he's staying with the Foxes. Well, before we go, a quick word about the CAF Champions League. And we now know the semi-finalists for the 2016 edition of the tournament. Zamalek of Egypt beat Nigeria's Enyimba on Monday 1-0 to reach the semi-finals, a result that eliminates Enyimba. Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa have already won that group thanks to three consecutive victories. And in Group A, the eight-time champions Al-Athli of Egypt went out of the competition after their 2-2 draw with Zesco United of Zambia, combined with Widad Casablanca of Morocco's 2-1 win over Asik Mimosas of Ivory Coast. So those results mean that Widad and Zesco advance to the semi-finals. Uh, the final group games take place on Tuesday and Wednesday. Zesco host Widad Casablanca. If the Zambians win it, they will finish top of the group. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on WhatsApp and on Facebook, we're asking for your reaction to Nigeria's performance at the Olympics in the men's football tournament. They play Honduras in the bronze medal match on Saturday. So give us your reaction after the game. If they get a medal, if they fail to get a medal, tell us what you think. Send us your thoughts to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And you can get more from the Olympics from our team there at the Games in Rio on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, on Facebook, Planet Sport Football Africa. There's photos, videos, blogs and news from the Olympics on Twitter at Planet Sport FA and on Facebook, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers, from Solomon Ashoms, Adrian Barnard and our team at the Rio Olympics, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.